Oh yeah. How does that fit in to a cohesive, larger vision? We will always have enough cash yeah. around. Strictly business. Business. Just business. Hello, finance fellows, and welcome to CFO Yeah, your new favorite finance podcast. I'm Patrick, and I get to speak with CFOs and VPs creating real change within fascinating companies. In this episode, I spoke with Pedro Barros, VP of Finance at Remote. He started his career in investment banking and strategy in technology, media, and telecommunications. Over the last five years, Pedro has been focusing on high-growth tech companies and was head of finance at Codacy. He's now at Remote, an HR tech company solving global organizations' biggest challenge, employing anyone, anywhere, compliantly. He's also the dad of two girls and a boy. We discuss some of the complex issues around global hiring, the transition from head of finance to a VP role, and how his finance team helps initiate new product development. Today's episode is brought to you by Spendesk, the all-in-one spending solution that puts finance teams in control with 100% visibility into company spend. And by CFO Connect, a global community for finance leaders. Join us at cfoconnect.eu and you can email podcast at cfoconnect.eu with any questions or feedback. Pedro Barros, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Padre. Thank you very much for having me here uh, to go over uh, the journey at Remote and my journey on the on the finance ladder. It's a pleasure as always. You're a veteran of CFO Connect now. I think we were just we were just talking and I think we said it was th- this will be the third thing or is it the fourth? Yeah, third or fourth. I don't know. Yeah. There is a, a lot of energy that you put in the community. So it's great to try to give back and uh, enhance how folks are working these days and uh, accelerate anyone that that we could. Basically. Well, let's assume that the listening audience hasn't seen those uh, two or three other webinars that we've done together. And so maybe you could just start by sort of introducing yourself to the CFO Connect community. Hopefully they haven't seen, otherwise they'll be tired of (laughs) listening to me by now. Um, I'm Pedro, I'm VP of Finance at Remote. I've joined Remote around one year and a half ago. We were less than 20 people. We are close to 500 today. So I have been experiencing a tremendous journey. Just on the finance team, we are over 25 people now. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great what, uh, what I've been experiencing. Uh, before remote, I was uh, head of finance at Codacy, an early stage uh, software development tool uh, company. And before that, I started my own, my own VC. Um, prior to my more entrepreneurial career, I had a more traditional investment banking and M&A uh, exposure uh, back in London, but uh, those days are, are long gone and uh, now it's a journey that is uh, really fulfilling and you really feel that uh, you are impacting uh, the world, especially on the, the, on the journey that Remote is going through. Over the last two years, we've raised around $200 million from leading investors in the world really to to enable our mission of global wealth distribution we want to allow folks from anywhere to be employed by anyone and uh, we sort out all the international payroll benefits taxes compliance 
and um, it's working tremendously well. The man has been uh, has been uh, great, which has exposed me to uh, a hyper growth journey that I hadn't uh, experienced before. But uh, with the right leadership and and team, uh, it's a journey that you can really have fun in and and really learn a lot about. For those who are not aware, sort of what exactly does remote do? So remote, uh, we are creating our own entities across the world so that we can employ uh, folks on your behalf. So for example, CFO Connect wants to open uh, and hire someone, not open, but hire someone in Mexico. You don't have any local entity, mm. but you want them to be considered f- full-time employees. You don't want to be exposed to permanent establishment You don't or reduce risk of permanent establishment. You don't want any risk of misqualification, but more than anything, you want the employee to feel like a, a real employee of, of CFO Connect. So you, you would uh, use an employer of record, which is the model that we use so, so that you can hire that person locally uh, in a fully compliant way. We would deal with all payroll, taxes, all statutory benefits or any extra benefits that we may you may want to add. So really solving your global compliance and risk challenges on the hiring perspective. I can see now why uh, you are growing at such a fast rate, because I imagine that is an incredibly popular or um, necessary service at the moment that people are really seeking. It is. It is. I think the underlying economical behavior was was there already. So mm. we were already seeing folks uh, and working from wherever they wanted and companies. If they didn't uh, really just get talent from their postcodes, they would start thinking global and they would not really be worried about uh, having folks in the office. And um, you saw companies like GitLab doing that very successfully. Actually, it's, uh, Job, our founder, was part of the founding team of GitLab. So there, he saw the challenges firsthand and remote uh, seemed like the, the best next step for him to really potentiate global employment and really start breaking barriers of folks uh, anywhere uh, to access good jobs and have a better a better life especially financially in terms of wealth as well and i hope i won't be asking this question too much longer but did covid have a big impact on your growth i can say it had before covid remote was was as i mentioned was an ongoing trend but we all had to experience it and mm. uh, and for companies now to continue uh, competitive and they need to to really open to to remote work or be much more proactive to remote work but i think it was almost like an experiment that proved that uh, remote work can actually work <laughs> and companies can actually succeed in this in this in this environment and uh, there's a lot to be done. There's a lot to be done in terms of how companies work remotely, how uh, efficiently work remotely. How do you take care about your employees? It's it's a journey that I think is just beginning now. Uh, we'll be learning a lot over the next coming years to, to really potentiate, how, especially how people feel in a, a remote mm. first company or in a remote environment. But uh, it's here to stay and... Um, we are at the forefront of it and we'll continue enabling companies and helping companies to move uh, on that journey. What are your key responsibilities as VP of finance? So um, I, I deal with all the traditional finance uh, responsibilities from accounting, tax, treasury, planning. 
WeChat Remote is, is, is relatively interesting, taking consideration that we have uh, we are present in 50 countries. We have close to 70 entities incorporated by now, and we are flowing large uh, amounts of capital across the world already, taking consideration that we are responsible for people's salaries. So even the sums are very are very significant. So just from a controlling and compliance perspective, it's tremendous. From a treasury uh, perspective, uh, is as well. We have to work with the largest banks in the world, like Citibank, HSBC, so they can enable us at a, at a global scale. Mm. And another perspective, it's on, on the tax side. Uh, it's a world <laughs> transfer pricing and uh, uh, intercompany agreements. It's, uh, it's a day-to-day -day thing. It's not a one-off uh, project. Uh, exposure in terms of permanent establishment and how do not only for us but our customers uh, it's also critical so there's a lot on just on the what we can call the traditional finance side I, I'm also uh, highly involved in product development either internal solutions that we need to implement to continue potentiating our platform and our and our users uh, but also thinking about uh, the bigger picture of where remote can go, how can we continuously and further enable our employees uh, across the globe and how can we really uh, unblock global wealth distribution across the world, which employment is just uh, the tip of the iceberg, but there is much more that can be done uh, and we will mm. be doing so. Oh, a teaser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does the finance team look like? For the first nine months, wrongly, uh, I was by myself <laughs> on the on the finance team. Uh, it's it's something I don't uh, recommend, especially in a hyper growth company. Mm. So what what I did, I, I leverage a lot uh, outsourced uh, outsourced help, uh, not only from advisors but also I set up a shared service center uh, with Ernst and Young in in the Netherlands which allowed us to, to scale very fast and very efficiently taking consideration their global footprint. So any new country, we could really accelerate the onboarding on, for the finance team on compliance, reporting, VAT reporting, uh, other indirect taxes. So it was the most scalable solution. But uh, soon uh, I learned that uh, I, need to, I had to, to really bring expertise to the team in source expertise. So I hired, I started hiring last uh, December and uh, I brought uh, two directors, one for group controller, another for group treasury, both super experienced folks, one from Expedia, other from Uber. So they, they mm -hmm. had really uh, been exposed to, to the type of early stage dynamic environment that, that we are in. Um, and, and that kick-started the, the, the growth of the finance team. Today we have four departments. We have uh, accounting, treasury, uh, tax, and uh, financial planning and analysis, all led by very experienced directors. And uh, we are increasingly growing the team uh, on a regional basis, uh, not located regionally, but with a regional focus so that we can leverage expertise uh, in some in some countries to to really accelerate accounting, for example, so we can really accelerate the treasury side, tax as well. And the team, as I mentioned, is around twenty five people by now, mm -hmm. and uh, our ambition is to continue continue growing so that we can insource most that we can or most that makes sense, and use our partners at Ernst uh, and Young and others. Uh, on very specific uh, subjects that uh, may require either their expertise 
or that we need to complement with a local person that we don't intend to, to hire in in-house because it just doesn't make sense. For example, Portugal, you need to be a certified accountant to, to be able to, to, to file for a company's accounts. And, and that happens in many countries. So in those situations, considering a partner will, will work well for us. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Evidently, 50 countries, but 25 in-house employees. So you don't have to have someone in every location full-time. We don't. We don't. We, we, we leverage uh, expertise uh, for cross-geographies and local expertise from partners uh, in specific cases that we need to have local representation. Mm. And I'm trying to picture it in my head because obviously you'll have your finance team responsible for remote the company, but you're also offering payroll and finance services to all of your client companies in all of these different locations. Is there quite a lot of interaction between your kind of in-house finance team and the finance team as a product? There is like it's it's uh, we work very closely and and there is obviously we have a dedicated payroll and benefits team exactly mm. because <laughs> it's our product it's a key product that we offer yeah. uh, but it's a team that uh, that we work very closely with because it has to from salary payments uh, it needs to be a very close relationship to any tax implications or income tax considerations or any other, for example, tax considerations on payroll, where the tax team works closely with with uh, with the payroll team as well. We unblock countries, we unblock challenges in countries together. We are facing more and more countries with uh, high volatility in their currency, either through inflation or or actually uh, in- inflation or currency affects uh, volatility mm. and we try to overcome that and how can we find alternatives for folks to be paid locally in a compliant way but in more stable currencies uh, and this is a, a joint challenge for example and then so your role as vp finance vp of finance in that is is sort of to act as a resource for those teams we act in both uh, in, in twofold. We act as a resource. So we enable by having the, the expertise in, in specific domains. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot of the subjects, uh, we, we spearhead the, the, the launch of a, new, uh, of a new product or a new offering. And then uh, we have been working closely with the, the, what we call the vertical teams, payroll and benefits, for example, so that they can fully take that on board and they can continue that, that project uh, themselves as an operational project mm. uh, and an ongoing offering that uh, Remote has. So they can scale it from exactly. there. Exactly. Wonderful. Think you have company cash under control? You may have a process to pay people back, but company spending is so much more than expense claims. Spendesk gives you one system to replace your old-fashioned company cards, track online payments easily, and process supplier invoices faster than ever. Whether you're a growing startup or you've been doing this for decades, it's never too late to upgrade. Graduate from basic expenses to spend management today. Try Spendesk. You were previously head of finance um, at Codacy and then also head of finance at Remote and now you're VP of finance. I'm always very interested in the 
in what changes between those positions? Is for you, being the person, let's just focus on remote, having moved from head of finance to VP of finance, what changed? I think expectations change, uh, mm. but mostly from yourself, I think more than anyone else, because you are contributing the way you can contribute. Uh, it's not mm. because you change your title that uh, you are a new person. So I think for me it was, okay, this is an acknowledgement of the work that that I've been doing, but it's also uh, an investment and, a, and the business believing that I can uh, and I will continue delivering as, as a VP of finance, I will be able to support the CEO and the COO and the founders and the board in the best way possible, being the person leading finance at the firm and, mm -hmm. and starts moving much more from an operational uh, role to a more strategic role uh, where you are defining uh, our way forward. Uh, you are challenging uh, not only the business, but also your internal team to go faster, to think creatively, to, to challenge themselves to do the better. And uh, I think that was the key, the key difference that I felt when moving from head to VP, which is always very nuanced because it's not like uh, you, you move from one place to the other. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a continuum. It's, uh, it's part of the marathon. It's mm -hmm. another stage uh, that uh, towards uh, the mission of, of the company more than anything else. And it's, it, fits, it must fit where the company is, must fit where the company is going. And if you are the right person, uh, it's you that uh, will be leading that. But does that mean that you end up as well, I guess you end up being a bit more hands-off in, in specific projects because you're having to think at a higher level? Yes, and because I have a stellar team. <laughs> because even if I was by myself, I could be head, VP, whatever. The, it wouldn't change anything. Mm. Uh, what changed massively and drastically was uh, was growing the team. I was growing the team at the director level uh, and then, poten then potentiated by, by managers and senior managers and, and the rest of the team, uh, which allowed me to do much more of that. I'm still super hands-on, as you can imagine, like no company goes on a hyper-growth trajectory with, uh, with just strategic folks or hands-off folks. Uh, that does not mm. exist uh, in my perspective. Uh, so while we'll continue working closely with the business, uh, I will not distance myself from the business. But the reality is I, I hired the best folks in the world to do their job. So it's not up to me to tell them how they should be doing or how they should be acting. Is it's me learning from them and enabling them the best way possible, which in the end is what I do is I, I remove barriers, I remove points of friction, and I enable people to, to do their best. Are there any particular financial challenges that you and the team are, are looking at at the moment? Look, we are doing the insourcing of the, all the accounting and tax uh, challenges from the, from the shared service center. This is a tremendous challenge because uh, you touched a bit on that when you asked, uh, do you have people in every single country in the world? Uh, we don't. We don't want to have. We will have if we need, but uh, ideally no, and we will find uh, ways of not having. But going through this trajectory in terms of policies, processes, uh, how to... Ch something that we use to just pass information to a partner and get results or mostly. Uh, it's, a, it's a very different challenge when you start doing uh, uh, everything by, by yourself or at least led in-house in by, uh, by your team. 
that is a tremendous challenge. Mm. We have others like opening, uh, just a simple thing of opening accounts, bank accounts globally. It's tremendous. Like we are opening, uh, from what the partners say, like faster than anyone else ever done opening bank accounts globally. But uh, it's it's documentation heavy. It's bureaucratic. Folks still ask for your wet signature. And just the logistics of uh, having papers flying around the world because we are remote first, we are fully distributed. We want to, to continue working through this model, but uh, working with super traditional partners that uh, want your wet signature, it's it, it's a challenge. Right? It's so simple, but it's super challenging. Yeah. Two things I wanted to talk about quickly. The first one, um, you discussed insourcing and versus outsourcing, which comes up a lot in mm-hmm. our CFO Connect uh, webinars, our events and things. Is there any magical rule for when something needs to be insourced? For me, it was control and velocity more than anything mm-hmm. else. We, we got to a point that uh, we were not in full control of uh, how things were, were being done. There was naturally there was some lack of visibility when things moved to the partner, like what was happening, what was going on. And we were given a lot of the times a result, uh, which then just creates a, a, more interactions because it's not exactly what uh, you envision and uh, it's not exactly how you do your account. And even having established things uh, properly beforehand, there is a disconnect. So we wanted to, to really enable that. And I think that's a, a key a key threshold for you to, to, to start insourcing some of the functions. I don't think you should insource everything from the onset. And velocity. Look, uh, the rate that we are going, we cannot lose energy in transportation of information and uh, having to put uh, out uh, outsourced uh, uh, agents in a uh, in the constant loop of how the company is moving, how the company's uh, directions, uh, strategy, etc. So having uh, internal folks dealing with uh, with simple things as our accounting in certain countries, they really understand the full context. They have the full picture. Mm-hmm. They have the full company picture, which uh, sometimes an external partner does not have by nature because they are not working constantly with us. Even in a remote and fully distributed setting where we uh, rely heavily on documentation, uh, it's still different. So we wanted mm. to bring that. With uh, a critical point for us, it's also values alignment in the team. When we hire, we hire for values alignment. We hire for uh, cultural diversity, but we align values uh, heavily. And uh, when you work with uh, uh, an outsourced uh, agent, it, they may be the best people in the world. It's not even uh, being challenged, but they were not hired or they are not on board to, to the same values as remote. And we have to respect that because it's the values that the company that they are hiring, that they are working for that uh, have. But uh, when we hire, we want uh, full values alignment with how remote works and how remote uh, lives as a company and how remote works towards this mission. And that is that was super important for me as well because then you start seeing impact on the other two subjects of velocity and uh, and uh, and control, but um, the team for me has been critical. I think a lot of executives would be worried about values 
when going fully remote i think uh, you know a lot of a lot of uh, leaders are hesitant to to fully uh, abandon the office because of that idea of losing the culture and and people drifting further apart what's your experience on that look i came from as i mentioned from super traditional industries investment banking and mna and strategy you have to be in the office i don't think mm. they even allowed me to be outside of the office ever so so and for me even thinking on a remote setting where you would be working from home was 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 a dream it was like something of the unknown uh, and then obviously covid hit obviously i joined remote uh, which was very well prepared to accommodate and, and to work on a, on a fully distributed uh, way, and that was the key the key thing. Remote is ready and dedicates time and resources to enable comp- folks to be distributed across the world, from documentation, from transparency, uh, communication. Like we meet we meet uh, virtually frequently. Like uh, with uh, we create dynamics. We create we have game nights. Uh, we have an all hands that uh, started daily, moved to weekly. Now it's uh, weekly with monthly presentations. So, but the 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 push and dynamics for for uh, constant uh, alignment on how folks are looking at remote and how folks are working towards a vision of remote uh, happens. And I think that concern of losing the culture uh, or uh, I think it's losing control more than the culture mm. and uh, and uh, one of our key values is ownership so we don't we don't have control by default on that uh, old school perspective uh, we really potentiate each one of us to to make their decisions to push things forward we don't wait for consensus for something to 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 move uh, ahead because we cannot uh, at the pace that we are going, we really need to trust and believe in the folks that are working with us uh, to put their best uh, in the job and to really make the best decisions for, for remote, for the team and for our customers. And that happens across the board. Mm. So you would, I imagine, admit or agree that maybe not uh, fully remote work may not be for every company? It will not be. Ideally, ideally, you open yourself to be, but you need to put the effort uh, into working for it to work. So either you're prepared to 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 put in that effort, or or you won't. What I think is companies that that don't enable remote or not not remote first will be in a significant disadvantage to companies mm. like remote, for example. Uh, that uh, we can I can hire anyone. I can hire the best folks in the world. I have team from San Francisco to Eastern Europe and I only have 20 people. So it's not like I have a massive team to really accommodate for all these geographies, but Mm. uh, because I went and and hired the best people in the world. So how can someone that is uh, office based and can only hire from their postcode uh, be able to do that? It's, It's super challenging to find the talent. There's talent scarcity. So there is a critical disadvantage uh, on that. If you're enjoying this conversation, then you've got to check out CFO Connect, the global community for modern finance leaders, like the ones on this podcast. We host monthly events and workshops, have a private Slack group for CFOs, and a one-on-one member matching program. CFO Connect membership is free, but reserved for experienced finance leaders. 
So if that's you, head over to cfoconnect.eu and apply to join us. Are there things that finance teams specifically, obviously whole companies, if they want to go remote, um, that may be a different story, but specifically for finance teams, are there things that they may need to think about or that they can do to, to become more remote friendly? Look, I think what we've been doing, uh, which, which is aligned with how remote works is being very documentation heavy. There are like there are no like those office conversations, so that does not happen. What happens is a document. It's uh, even if it's a two bullet points, which is a recurring theme or anything, it's it's documented uh, and uh, it's uh, put in front of everyone to to comment, to challenge, to build upon, and that that is a critical aspect of uh, you always a lot a lot of times you see remote folks really diving into the excel and uh, just the technical mm-hmm. side of things but this part of documentation which you usually see a lot happening on on developers uh, and uh, those those roles we need to do much more of that uh, and move only from the formal documentation of policies and procedures usually like market uh, market uh, facing but also have in your internal uh, documentation challenges like how are we sorting out building how we are sorting out uh, moving money across the world even before it's uh, it's a thing like just initial thoughts uh, it helps it helps massively the other the other perspective is get your tools in order <laughs> that is a that is a common team uh, but mm. uh, but have the right tools for the challenges that you have. And if you are focusing in two countries, um, US and, and UK, okay, have your QuickBooks and your Xeros and others other stuff to to really work on the for, for that work for you. But if you want to move global uh, and be present in in multiple countries, we need to think about uh, larger scale ERPs and finance systems that that work for you. And we are investing heavily on that. So last summer we started a project to implement SAP. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already implemented forty-three countries, uh, which is the threshold of the of the offering that that we got. And now we are uh, moving to to like a second tier offering to be able to to bring all uh, countries that we are present in uh, to SAP, so that we can really push for for a, a common system that's uh, independently of where people are they can access it they can work on it they can uh, do their thing and uh, for as fine as then can start enabling the business with much better information with accurate information with timely information but um, that works anywhere <laughs> can we talk about the fundraising of course could you give us the you know where you are and in which stages so um, remote is a series b uh firm with the last round was 150 million dollars uh led by axel uh previously uh, we had a 35 million dollar round uh, led by index with uh, two sigma sequoia general catalyst so we have very interesting vcs in our in our in our cap table super helpful vcs that really believe in the in what we are building, but um, but yeah, it was a, it, it has been an intense <laughs> fundraising uh, journey. 
This is a when did that series B happen? Last July. So middle of lockdown, I imagine. Uh, yes, the, the yeah. last two the last two rounds were in full almost full lockdown. And the other one was October last year. It's uh, remote. Uh, remote is led by 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 Job and Marcelo, which are super seasoned uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, it's not their 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 first uh, their first company. It's certainly mm-hmm. not the, the the first company that they are in that uh, goes very very big. And I think having that experience at the top level makes a huge difference. And um, most of of the fundraising efforts are led strategically by by Yop. He has very good contacts in the industry. People trust in what what he's building and. Uh, now on a series B, also <laughs> they can start seeing uh, that uh, what's happening in the trajectory that we are in, and um, the way I've I've supported was uh, was super operational. So working and meeting all the all the prospective investors, organizing presentations, uh, sharing uh, information, models, etc. So it was super super operational due diligence when when we had a term sheet, but um, super always super aligned with how Job and Marcelo were envisioning the the fundraising to go, and really mm. accelerating them as much uh, as I could so that they can uh, meet the investors they want to meet with the information they want to have, and um, it has worked quite well in terms of being remote. You can only meet more investors if you are remote. <laughs> so the thing that you had to go on a roadshow and meet uh, folks uh, in person, that that does not happen anymore. And uh, on the same day, we could have met all the all the leading investors that we have in our cap table and have them invest in, at remote. Something that could not happen if uh, Axel is in London, Index in London to see me San Francisco. So how, how do you coordinate being in San Francisco and London in the same day to get uh, to get interest from investors uh, in your company. So even on the fundraising aspect, uh, remote uh, work and uh, the current situation, I think, has enabled folks to, to really access very good investors and uh, enable further enable uh, fundraising efforts. Mm. I think Job has started to meet some of the investors now with uh, vaccination and uh, and uh, and the lockdowns uh, uh, being eased. Uh, mm. So, but until now was uh, was a fully remote journey. Wow! Did you enjoy that that process? Very much. I love it. Look, I have a M and A background, so for me, fundraising mm. and the investment side, even due diligence, as 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 challenging or boring as it may sound. I think gets you a really good perspective from the challenge that external investors have to quickly learn uh, and uh, accelerate their knowledge about your firm. And you have the responsibility of doing so. So it was a tremendous journey. Um, A lot of hours invested in management presentations and walking folks through the business and how we do things and metrics, even if light, because as you know, we haven't existed for a long time. So uh, metrics are not super heavy yet. But uh, for me, it was a super rewarding journey to to be at the forefront of that and really enabling uh, Job and Marcel to succeed in another uh, fundraising. 
And do you share openly things like your financial performance within the company? I mean, obviously not necessarily externally. Is that a really core part of your responsibility? It is, uh, and increasingly uh, more so. We recently hired uh, a a director of FP&A with exactly Mm -hmm. that perspective of further potentiating each one of the departments to really, really have their contribution reflected in a central plan being able to report internally and to to investors in a much more efficient way, uh, which, uh, to be very frank, I was uh, lacking the time to dedicate fully to do that. And uh, it's a function that uh, deserves full attention, given it's putting in, in numbers the direction and the vision and the strategy of the firm. So it's uh, it's super important that we do so. We we are super super transparent. So every week we are reporting sales figures. Uh, this, uh, every week we are reporting marketing figures to the firm. Mm. Uh, everyone knows as soon as we have uh, informations on on fundraisings, like um, board information is shared with with the firm. So we try to be. Uh, as transparent as we can, respecting obviously specific personal information considerations that may happen. Uh, but um, there is no point in hiding. Everyone is is grown up, uh, and they need to be able to to handle information like this. And um, to the furthest extent that we can, we'll do so. And do you get the sense that uh, other teams really appreciate that? Yeah, everyone appreciates having a full picture. I don't Mm. think anyone likes not understanding something about the business. I don't think people like missing on information. So uh, our responsibility is increasingly doing more and more about it. So sharing cash positions, sharing uh, performance, sharing challenges on anything that we face on accounts receivable or wherever it may be so that um, we can work uh, closely together towards uh, a common goal and the benefit of the firm. Because in the end, everything is bigger than in each individual. So it's it's bigger than ourselves. So it is what's of the firm and not of a single individual. So let's work to that team effort and team knowledge so that we can accelerate and move much faster together. Fantastic. All right, we're going to turn now to our five quickfire questions. Um, we finish every episode with these. Uh, as I say, every time, uh, it's just five questions. You can answer them quickly or you can take as long as you want. It, it really doesn't matter. So the first is, what is one finance tool you couldn't live without? And please don't say Excel. Today is SAP, for sure. It's really potentiating the business and uh we need to live with it and we want to live with it successfully. Just, uh, I know, I mean, ERPs is such a big topic um, in the community. I, I mean, I'm guessing it's been hard work getting it going, but clearly you're, you're feeling the rewards, you're seeing the rewards of doing that. We are still in the acceleration phase, uh, fin- mm. finishing implementation and starting to onboard. But uh, I know uh, I, I will not be able to live with it. I'm already in that mindset. Uh, mm-hmm. That I know that in three months we'll be fully onboarded and uh, and that uh, it's it will be a critical tool and we'll be reaping benefits because it will be a centralization of information, standardization, simplification, and automation. Excellent. 
If there was one part of your day to day that you could outsource completely and forget about, what would it be? Ooh, that's a, that's an interesting one. I'm doing less so about it, but uh, collections. I just it's just uh, it's getting paid. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I can do well, but uh, increasingly there are uh, automations and methods and uh, expertise in that in that aspect. So I would love to for other folks to start taking more and more on that. And mm -hmm. uh, thankfully, we just hire someone for that side. <laughs> so soon enough. Soon enough, exactly. <laughs> First of November. <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever received? Um, I think since I joined remote, I started doing the best work that I've ever done. And... Um, I don't think it was a discreet advice as like as a as an open advice, but it was more of a, a feeling of uh, believing in yourself and believing in your capabilities. And that stems from how Job works, our CEO, mm -hmm. and how he really is potentiating the work of, of his team and especially myself. Uh, I can talk about myself. But uh, he stressed uh, in the way that I was doing my job and... Uh, is uh, the responsibility that he put in me and the ownership that I had to really succeed. I think it has unlocked uh, a level of performance that I could not have ever done uh, if it wasn't with, uh, with his support and trust. Oh, that's really nice. Which other finance leaders do you talk to or learn from regularly? I love learning from peers that have just been or are going through the same journeys that, that we are. And then reading a lot about, uh, and, and, you, and you can find a lot of information now on the S1s, <laughs> all the S1s that I've been following recently uh, on, on the trajectory to, of, of finance and firms into, into public markets. But uh, I take a lot of, uh, of joy in meeting with, uh, with other finance leaders in uh, high growth uh, tech companies. And uh, thankfully to, to, to the CFO Connect uh, community, I've been, <laughs> it has been patient. <laughs> uh, sounds a bit cliche, but it is what it is. I think that's the why we exist. Uh, has, mm -hmm. uh, we have been meeting a lot of folks and uh, that works uh, extremely well for me. It makes me think um, even when I'm passing what, what we are going through and some of the challenges that I'm, uh, we are going through, makes me think again and again about some of those and try to find better solutions. And um, it has been a tremendous journey being able to access uh, such uh, interesting folks. Pedro Barros, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you very much, Patrick. CFO Year is brought to you by CFO Connect, the fastest growing global community for finance leaders. Join us for webinars and workshops, get our expert resources, and be a part of an exclusive Slack group just for CFOs. Join the community and exchange ideas with CFOs from the most exciting companies in the world. Just visit cfoconnect.eu.